2: Snow with a brand new radio, catching the ISS. satellites
0: are the best. Update on the roof, repeater down the
1: street. What fun it is to make.
0: One day, I like to get all the gifts around the
1: You
0: Hey, good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. Episode number two hundred and forty is new. Helical Antenna, recorded live on Thursday, December 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight we're joined once again by John Portune, W6NBC. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, Steve Molo, KI4KWR from Gigaparts, was here to talk about some Holiday gift ideas for hams. If you missed that, you can listen anytime at HamTalkLive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW. That's 5085 AM. Saturday afternoons at about three thirty p.m. Eastern Time. Lots of stuff going on on the air this month. We have the Twelve Days of Christmas special event going on now uh, through Christmas, and then the Christmas birthday event um, from Lou and and Sally. Lou has the I think it's Lou that has the the December twenty fifth birthday. Um, so they'll be celebrating that, and then uh, the Santa are going on cqsanta.com is uh one of those you you can check out and uh, then yoda month is at the halfway point and they're up to like 60 maybe 70,000 qsos right now so uh they're well on track to beat the record from uh from last year so lots of stuff going on and uh, we're going to talk tonight about an antenna that that you might even be able to to disguise it as a as a winter decoration. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So get your questions ready to go for John. Um, if you're listening to us live on Thursday night, give us a call after the interview is over by calling 859 982 I'll give you that number again, several times, uh, before it's time to call in. So, uh, we'll let you know that. Um, later on in the show you can also tweet us it's at ham talk live on twitter you can fire that whenever you want and i'll check that as we uh have time this evening but uh again um the later the number for later on in the show is 859-982-7373 just have that ready to go and we'll let you know when it's uh time we'll talk a little uh, bit with john about the uh Antenna, and give you a little background first before we open it up for questions. So we'll do that a little later on in the show. So I'll be back with John right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Is this getting serious?
3: I think so. Well, how do you feel about it? Just imagine if you hadn't run out of PL259s. Just imagine if your connectors weren't from Tower Electronics. Consider the sophisticated quality of connectors from Tower Electronics. Their silver-plated in-connectors are so good, they've even been used on the International Space Station. I'm not so sure why I ever used any other PL-259s. Mine are better. Besides, you deserve the best. You know I love you. Don't be caught without PL-259s. Visit Tower Electronics at a ham fest near you. Or visit them online anytime at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. They also have ham sticks, mobile antennas, and meters too. See the whole catalog. Go to pl 259.com. Tower Electronics, the Ham's Dime Store since 1978.
2: All I want for Christmas is to listen to
1: another episode of Ham Talk Live.
0: welcome back to ham talk live tower electronics is back out on the ham fest trail as covid permits uh, their schedule right now looks like uh tailgate in orlando on uh, july or january 16th rather uh, jack lawyer's tailgate uh arcadia florida ham fest january 23rd dalton georgia february 27th But you can catch them anytime, anywhere at pl-259.com. So thanks to Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show once again tonight. And uh, we welcome you back. John Portune is our guest tonight. He joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line tonight. And John's call is W6NBC. And he's been a ham since 1965. Um, He's active from 160 meters to 2.4 gigahertz uh, and helps people get licensed and new licensees. Um, He manages a remote base on HF and VHF on Vandenberg Air Force Base and does a lot of local 2-meter and 40-meter mobile from his RV. And uh, he's married to KF6OEB and has uh, three married children, 12 grandchildren. He retired in 2002. Spent most of his time working for, yeah, you guessed it, KNBC uh, TV in Los Angeles and also Ampex Corporation and Sony Electronics. He frequently writes for QST and other ham radio publications, including How to Deal with HOAs and Antennas. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Is, is one of his latest antenna creations. So, John, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming back.
2: Oh, my pleasure, Neil. Very happy to be here.
0: Well, this new antenna, I I, I have to give a little background here because I first asked John, "Hey, do you have? Because you're always coming up with all these different ideas for antennas." And I said, "Do you have any any Christmas?" Antennas, do you, do you have anything? You're like, well, no, but I, but I've got this new helical copper tape antenna. And, and immediately when I go to the website and take a look at a picture of this, it, it's wrapped around this PVC pole and it looks, it looks just like the North Pole. So I, I, I think, you know, or, or a peppermint stick. So I'm thinking this is a Christmas themed antenna. I don't know. I don't know if you, that was what you thought, but I think a little red on that copper tape, and nobody would ever know. And maybe an elf hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put a little elf hat on top of it. Well, you're always coming up with these these great ideas on, on how to kind of make these antennas blend in so tell us a little bit of the the backstory on how this and by the way this is the the most recent uh qst article or i like to call it sometimes q street um give us some of the background on on how this this idea came about and and how this all worked
2: yeah, well, this is a bit of a ham war story. And since uh, we can't here show you how to build one of these on uh, on on radio, even though I like radio as a medium, uh, the a bit of the anecdote of the background of it at my pre-COVID weekly ham breakfast, my good buddy KF6, uh, not KF, but uh, KW6. K- uh, OEK, <laughs> confusing my wife's call sign in there. W6 OEK Jim Bailey who who helps me a lot with articles, and I were just kicking the bull around one morning and the question came up, what kind of articles does QST like the best? And I thought about this and now now, with this latest article, that's just twenty seven articles in Q- QST, so I do have some experience. I said it's obvious. They like simple build-it articles. So we kind of brainstormed there at the over, over breakfast, uh, one of the last breakfasts we had. And on the way home, I let the, I let the thinking cap work. And when I got home, in two hours, I had the antenna built. In two more hours, I had the article written and put in the mail off to QST. And as, <laughs> and, as, and as little as a week later... They sent me a letter back saying they accepted it. It's it's an absolute record. Most most of my articles, of the twenty-seven of them in QSD, have taken up to a year between the time I I, I wrote the article and they got in the magazine. Not this one. <laughs> well, this one is built out of. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen it and haven't looked at it, you should because it's unusual. It it appeared in the October issue which is that black one with the ham boot cap on the front. Hams love PVC pipe and copper pipe. So I figured you got to make the simplest antenna in the world out of PVC pipe and copper pipe. A good buddy at breakfast and I, uh, we have this standing joke the ham who dies with the most PVC pipe wins. So that's what, that's what this uh. is. It's, it's made out of. Uh, it's made out of copper, copper tape, uh, actually snail tape. The kind of tape you get at a, a garden store and put around put around your planters to keep the snails from crawling up and eating your begonias. So, and uh, or you can buy it anywhere. It's uh, on the on the internet. It's readily available for RF shielding and other things. One inch wide copper tape and inch and a quarter PVC. And it's only eighteen inches tall, yet it's almost as good as a J pole. That's the background to it. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the theory
0: behind this cuz you you've got this thing just twisted around and it it really does look like a peppermint stick and and I I sent out a picture of it. Um, on our social media site. So if you, if you don't have the QST article handy, you can take a look at that or, uh, John's website at w6nbc.com. Uh, but you can see that it, it looks like just a, a ribbon wrapped around a pole. That's, that, that's it. So let's talk a little bit about how in the world you get this to, to tune and, and
2: get this working. Well, the antenna is basically a a a coil loader, a loading coil shortened vertical, a halfway vertical. it's, it's pretty straightforward. Most times know what that is. But instead of being but instead of being discreetly loaded with a closely wound wire loading coil, it's continuously wound. So the the, the antenna and the loading coil are all one piece. The copper tape being an inch wide is Good, good conductivity. And if we have some time to talk about it, we can talk about efficiency. That gives the antenna high efficiency. And, um, the spacing helps with skin effect loss. But what's, what's interesting about this antenna, I think, and this is a, a ham tip that a lot of hams don't know this, but I've found this out with EasyNeck modeling. EasyNeck, by the way, is my favorite piece of ham software. If You don't know how to run EasyNeck, learn how if you're an antenna person. Anyway, one of the basic principles that this antenna embodies is how easy it is to match a small antenna. Bigger antennas are more difficult. Now, we all know that a dipole, a wired dipole out in free space, has a center feed point impedance of 72 ohms. And that's fine. That's not a perfect match, though, to 50 ohm coax. But if you make that antenna shorter by putting loading coil in it or making it continuously loaded, like this little antenna is, the center impedance is now much lower. In the case of this antenna, something around 25 ohms. But what's, what impedance is there at the end of this antenna? Well, most hams know that at the ends of a dipole, the impedance is high, the voltage is high, the current is low. The impedance out at the end of an antenna of a dipole can be several thousand ohms. This means that for any small antenna, any size reduced antenna, there are two 50 ohm points, partly off center. And that's exactly what's used in this particular antenna. The top wrap, the top of the antenna is three and a half turns, and the bottom of the antenna is four and a half turns. It's an off-center fed dipole. Either one of uh, 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 to the side of the middle of this antenna, a short distance by about one turn, you'll find 50 ohms naturally. You can hook the, the coax to it, and you don't need any other matching. That's what's handy about small antennas. And I use this principle all the time anyway, so that's the uh that's the one of the basic th- theory points in this antenna.
0: Well, you mentioned that you could modify this for hf and that's going to make it a bigger antenna so let's talk about some suggestions uh for our listeners if you if you want to try to turn this into an HF antenna and, and make some of those modifications. And, and I, I know you want to kind of keep track of some of that. So, so talk a little bit about making this a bigger antenna.
2: Of course. And this is really what I'm really interested in. Uh, it's, it's a very good little two meter antenna, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm most interested in seeing what can be done with it on lower frequencies. I know for sure it will be fairly easy to take it down to six meters uh, because all you have to do is increase the dimensions of, of an antenna, lengthen it, and, and you, you know, you can take it down in frequency. In the, I would recommend, if anybody wants to try this, and I have one fellow who's working on a 40-meter version of it. Here's my recommendation. If you want to make this antenna for a lower frequency, stay with the same size tape and the same size spacing. By the way, the spacing is to reduce skin effect loss between a- adjacent turns. Coil turns don't like to be next to each other. They, re- they, uh, they cause skin effect loss and, and make the, co- the conductivity higher for greater inefficiency. Uh, but if you're going to make it for a lower frequency, keep- use the same one-inch tape. It's about equivalent to half-inch copper tubing. So it's nice. It's very conductive. It's very conductive material. And so the efficiency can stay high. Just make the just make the pole bigger in diameter. You know, a six meter one, uh, you might make it on three inch three inch PVC pipe instead of inch and a quarter. And of course, make it longer. Where do you start? Very simply, put on the on the pipe eighty percent of the half wavelength. So if the if the wavelength, let's say, is is six meters. Half of the half wavelength is three meters. That's about ten feet. Put about eight feet of tape on the pipe. That'll get you in the ballpark. It'll be too long still, but put it. Put that's a good starting point, and then uh, start whacking tape off. It's easy to do. Just cut it off the top until you get a good SWR. Then cut it off both ends until you get it tuned up. It's a very easy antenna to tune. So that's some of the some of the basics of. Putting it on another band, I think it'll it'll go easily to, to ten meters and twelve meters. I'm going to try a twenty meter version here one of these days.
0: Okay, now I'm now I'm going to throw you the curveball, John. Sure. Let's say I want to add red to this. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've I've been running through some ideas on on what I would use to do that, but what what are your ideas? If I want to make well, that that copper look look red and make it disguised as the North Pole,
2: I don't know. I think I might over tape it with one inch uh, one inch plastic plastic electrical tape. That might do it. I I can't does nothing comes off the head. I can't think of spray painting it that that sounds rather difficult you can paint this antenna if you want to but uh, I don't have any ideas so I'm open if you've got some ideas I I welcome them
0: <laughs> well you're, you're you're close I I was thinking maybe ribbon
2: oh well, yeah that might work <laughs> at least at least um. for the holiday season. Yeah, get yeah, some nice 1-inch ribbon from the local uh, yeah. the local sewing store and uh, and just tape it on. Since this is wound on helically in a nice uniform helix, uh, it would be easy to wind the wib- ribbon on in the same way. And a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, gorilla tape should hold it on fine.
0: And then the other the other thing I thought of was maybe like some uh red uh cellophane kind of like a 1-inch you know, put it in 1-inch yeah. strips. <laughs> and then you know, then, then, you, then you then you can disguise it which which uh, you know why why go with this antenna instead of a J pole is it just
2: to make it less obvious Yeah it's, I think there are several distinct advantages to it First of all the classic Homebrew copper pipe J pole, the favorite antenna of homebrew hams of all times. The the famous copper half inch pipe J pole. That antenna is five feet tall, and uh, this antenna is eighteen inches tall, and the gain is only half a dB less than that J pole. So, uh, so it certainly is far stealthier. Uh, Your neighbors might even think you opened up a (laughs) barbershop. The other thing is, I think it could work. It's extremely lightweight, too. Doesn't weigh more than a couple of pounds. So if you if you're out in a -a bike-a-thon or, you know, a a, a mobile event where you go out to help out for net control, this makes a great antenna for net control because you can you, you can also build it in one piece so that the mast and the antenna are a single integrated piece. There's You don't just have to build it 18 inches long. You can Build it six feet long if you want. And just put it up at the top of a piece, of a single piece. No clamps, no nothing. Very lightweight. You can carry it along. Maybe use it as a walking stick while you're walking around at the bike-a-thon. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the distinctive, man- and it's cheap as heck. If you amortize the cost of this antenna, even if you have to buy a bit more stuff, which you usually do uh, to, to build anything, but the amortized cost of this antenna is under $10, even including the pigtail and the coax and everything else you use for it. It uses a little 8-foot-long uh, RG59 or Mini 8 coax pigtail, uh, which can hook direct to an HT, or I would recommend using heavier coax beyond it back into the shack just to minimize loss. And there's a balun. The balun is easy to make. You just wind some turns of the uh, of the RG58 and shove it up in the end of the pipe and put a cap on the end to hold it in. And um, it's a, it's a terribly easy antenna to make, but quite efficient and good gain. Same gain as a J pole, basically only half a dB less.
0: Well, there you go. That's uh, more ingenuity from John Portune, W6NBC. So we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with John. We'll talk uh, maybe a little more about the efficiency and and talk about uh, disguising antennas and take your calls and your questions at 859 982 7373. 73. So I'll be back with John right after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. Ham for the holidays. ICOM's new ID52A and IC705 give hours of fun and enjoyment working your favorite bands this holiday season. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is the ID52A. Larger radio, larger color display, and louder audio. This VHF UHF digital transceiver is much more than just a replacement for the ID51, but also a new way of communicating. This color display is 2.3 inches for exceptional viewability, and the audio is eight. 80% louder. This multifunction dual band D-Star transceiver supports DR mode for easy access to local repeaters based on internal GPS information, as well as terminal and access point modes. The ID52A also has Bluetooth for audio and data control, providing improved mobility and control. And for the first time in the amateur radio industry, you can now send photos from a connected Android device. Other features include wideband receiver with a guaranteed range of 144 to 148 and 440 to 450 megahertz, VHF on both bands, UHF on both bands, and one of each with the dual DV mode, integrated GPS with grid square locator, micro SD card slot, micro USB, USB for data transfer, programming, and charge, and it's IPX7 waterproof. The ID52A is the perfect companion to the IC705. Both use compatible batteries and headsets, and you can use the same Android app for D-Star operation. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick for hams that like to enjoy what both the great indoors and outdoors have to offer. It's the perfect QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package, covering HF, six meters, two meters, and seven. Centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It has a 4.3 inch touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts with the battery BP272, or 10 watts with a power supply, sideband CW, AM, FM, and full D Star functions. With a touchscreen, micro-USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, integrated GPS and GPS logger, a micro-SD card slot, the speaker mic HM243 comes standard and supports QRP operations. And the perfect accessory for the 705 is the optional backpack LC-192 with a special compartment for your IC-705 and room for accessories for soda activations or a day in the park. And it's shipping now. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM Radio. Join the conversation. Give us a call at
3: 859 982 7373. Again, the number to call is 859 982 7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live. The longer you listen, the later it gets.
0: Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show. Check them out at ICOMAmerica.com/slash amateur. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at HamTalkLive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as we've been doing here the past few weeks, we do have. ham radio joke of the week so we'll do that it's time for that right now with n9 gsu now it's time for the ham talk
3: live ham radio joke of the week the part of the show where rick tells us a ham radio joke the ham talk live ham radio joke of the week is brought to you by qrm labs now here's rick garrett n9 gsu with today's ham talk live joke of the week as I've gotten older, I find I'm very sensitive to high pitched sounds. When I hear them, it hurts. This has been the Ham Talk Live, Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick.
0: Oh, there we go. And it's another joke from Rick. Well,. We're going to go back to the antennas <laughs> if you have a question for john for two w6 nbc give us a call at 859-982-7373 now is the time to call 859-982-7373 or tweet us it's at ham talk live on twitter uh, if you are on, uh, Spreaker, you can type a comment in. We'll see that. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast edition, you won't be able to reach us. Uh, we're doing this live on Thursday night. Uh, so we've talked about, you know, disguising some of these antennas. Let's talk a little bit about the efficiency and, and the radiation pattern off of this thing, John.
2: Okay, the radiation pattern straightforward. It's a dipole, a shortened dipole. So it it has the same basic radiation pattern as a vertical dipole, the, the classical donut-shaped radiation uh horizontally and uh and omnidirectional the uh, if you look uh down on top of it. So that's the that's then with a gain of of uh 1.6 dbi compared to 2.1 And the same radiation pattern of a J-pole, which is basically a dipole. The bottom section of a J-pole does not radiate. Efficiency-wise, this antenna is good. And I set out in designing this one to be sure it was. That's why I use the wide copper tape. It has low ohmic resistance. And that's important, very, very, very important for small antennas. Any of you who have ever played around with the so-called magnetic loop, I don't like that term, I like calling them compact transmitting loops, know that you need to make them out of big copper conductors if you want them to work well. Because they suffer from, they suffer from efficiency losses due to one phenomenon. Now, here's a little theory. If you draw the diagram, the equivalent diagram of any antenna, It has four things in it, a coil and a capacitor, distributed inductance, distributed capacity. That's what makes it resonant at a a given size. But it also, in series with the coil and the capacitor, are two resistances. R sub C, we call it, or conductor resistance. That's just the plain ohmic resistance of the copper or the aluminum. The other is an entity called radiation resistance. Hams have vaguely heard of the term, but not a lot of hams really understand what radiation resistance is. Just a brief word on that. Radiation resistance is a real resistance. It's measured in ohms, but it's a virtual resistance caused by the loading of space around an antenna. Space is not, Unreal empty space is not unreal. It's very definitely real. It's as it's one of the four basic constituents of the universe: matter, space, time, and energy. Empty space, even if it's got no matter, no energy in it, is still real. The reason is it loads an antenna. That's what Hertz and uh, and Maxwell discovered back in the in the eighteen fifty times. It's the loading of space. It's I like to imagine it as a bowl full of jelly. The whole universe is a big bowl full of jelly, rubbery jelly. And when the RF that comes out of your radio shakes the electrons in your, in your antenna, it shakes that bowl full of jelly. It resists the flow of the shaking electrons that are making radio waves. If it wasn't there and if it wasn't real, an antenna would not radiate. it's it, this is a metaphor, but uh, but I like the metaphor of a of a bowl full of jelly. And hey, by a hey, Neil, that ties up with Christmas. Johnny there you go. <laughs> his belly shook like a bowl full of jelly. He must, yeah, must you must read an my antenna. mind. <laughs> anyway, but consider those two resistances that exist in all antennas, conductor resistance and radiation resistance. Now. For big antennas, the conductor resistance is uh, uh, is uh, reasonable, but the radiation resistance is quite high. Um, and it when the RF when the RF from your transmitter passes through those two resistances, the conductor resistance makes w- wasted heat, but the radiation resistance is where the RF energy goes. It makes radio waves. So we want the radiation resistance to be high compared to the conductor resistance. That's why we made this antenna out of wide copper tape or why you make uh, magnetic loops out of wide, uh, big, fat copper tubing, because their radiation resistance is low. Any small antenna has a low radiation resistance. There's less jello around it, <laughs> so it, it isn't resisted as much by space. So it has a low radiation resistance. If you want an antenna to be efficient, you have to have a high radiation resistance compared to the ohmic resistance. It's a, it's a ratio between the two. And in this antenna, it's good. The wide copper tape compared to the approximate 30 ohm radiation resistance has much less conductor resistance than 30 ohms. So that's why we made it this way. And that's how we get it to be an efficient antenna.
0: And, and an antenna is just not an antenna. If it's not somewhat efficient, it's, it's, you know, if it's not going to work, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, uh, Chris, AA4CB has a question. We've talked about making this bigger and and getting it into the HF bands. But Chris wants to go the other direction. He wants to know, could this be scaled to use on UHF,
2: maybe on uh, 440? Oh, why, of course, you can buy this copper tape in almost in virtually any size you want. You can, in fact, use aluminum tape if you want. Aluminum is not that much less conductive than copper. And I know the 99 cent store, for example, sells a uh, sells uh, aluminum tape. I use it for lots of things, uh, but the copper is a little better. So it's, I just used it. And. I think a a, a 440 antenna made maybe on a piece of three-quarter inch PVC pipe out of half-inch copper tape spaced half an inch apart to uh, keep the uh, adjacent turn skin loss down uh, would work just fine. And you tune it up the same way. Whack off the top for a good SWR. Whack off both ends to get the frequency tuned. Straightforward. Tune it up with with an antenna analyzer very quickly
0: okay chris there you go maybe that's a a project for you to, to get this uh going over on 70 centimeters well if you have a question give us a call at 859-982-7373 or tweet us it's at ham talk live or you can do like chris did and uh, leave a comment here on spreaker and we'll pick that up and um We'll, we'll get all your questions answered here. We've got a little bit longer to go. Um one thing that I wanted to talk to you about oh well, let me see. Oh, he says I'm cheap. I'll slice the tape in half the width. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about and and we've we've talked about it on this show before is is just kind of remind people about dealing with with, with HOAs and, and and you know, trying to get uh permission to to p- put up a, a an antenna that maybe isn't quite so um stealthy um of course you know you've got some options some great options for uh stealthy antennas so that, so they may not know any better but but just remind everybody some of the some of the points that you made cuz I, I think you made some great points about you know, ways to, to deal with the HOAs in this kind of situation.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, my main key, I have two main keys in dealing with HOAs. First of all, make antennas that don't look like antennas. You know, lots of loading coils and traps and, uh, you know, and capacity hats and and, and uh, stingers sticking out in all sorts of directions. It's a dead giveaway. But make it look like a flagpole. Or make it look like a bird nest. One, uh, the, the antenna I've got in my backyard, which is an HF double inverted delta, uh, is, is, it doesn't look like a, doesn't look like an antenna. It looks like a, a ship's mast. In fact, I always want to hang flags on it. Uh, make your antennas so they don't look like antennas. And make them look like they belong on your roof. You can disguise it as a vent pipe or, uh, to, to me, these are, these are important issues. Uh, that's, that's, uh, uh, why I have the, another antenna that may come out in a very soon in PQST. It's an inverted Delta 6 meter antenna. I've got a, uh, uh, I've got flags hanging on it. And long as you hang patriotic flags on your antennas, people don't want, don't think they can't tell you to take them down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well and and you know and there's there's a good approach too that if you you do go to them and and are trying to ask permission there there's a you know there's an approach to take.
2: Well, I don't know that I have any magic formulas about the right approach uh uh, uh obviously not uh not clobbering them over the head with uh, with regulations that the the government has. Uh you know, yes there are there are regulations about it. Uh, I, I think if you actually want to enter into conversations with your HOA people, it's got to be, it's, it's got to be about the fact that whatever you do, you're, you're sensitive, the way things look just as they are and, uh, and that you'll be cooperative, but, uh, that's, that's just what comes off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, that that is what I was going for was the, you know don't clobber them over the head with (laughs) all this stuff because you know if if you go in and and be cooperative and try to work with them i think your your chances are a whole lot better so
2: that's what we're going for yeah i've got uh, five and i've got five antennas right now on my mobile home uh and we're we're heavily antenna restricted deeds of covenant saying no antennas, no transmitting, yet I've got five of them sitting out there. Not one of them looks like an antenna. And if it's out there it's buried in a tree or it's lost in the backyard or it's hidden in a vent pipe or it's got flags flying on it, I thought one of the funny, the cutest thing, cutest decorations to put on an antenna, we don't have them in this area, but back on the East Coast, there are, uh, there's a, there's a particular swallow forget what it's called a blue something or other and uh, they like to nest in these little uh, gourd shaped nests and this guy has several of them hanging on his antenna to disguise it and when the neighbors say what's that he says oh that's a that, that's that's a resting new uh, a roosting place for the for the swallows <laughs>
0: <laughs> so blending in is always uh, a way to to make that work and and you've come up with all kinds of creative ideas for doing that. So, John, I, I think we're about out of time here, so I'll, I'll let you make any final comments, and then uh, then we're going to get going. We do have something a little special tonight as we sign off, so we'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, any final comments
2: here before we go? Nope, just to tell you that uh, you can reach me at Portoon. That's my last name, Jay. P-O-R-T-U-N-E, J-Portune, at AOL.com, or you can, you can contact me through my website, W6NBC.com, where most of these articles are, are posted. I always put the QST articles up there uh, later. And, uh, just to give a shameless plug here, and now for this, and now for these important announcements.
0: Yes. <laughs> many of you
2: may, many of you, <laughs> that's my radio day st- sticking out. Many of you may not know that I recently published an Amazon Kindle book, Slot Antennas for Ham Radio. If, if you're interested in and that's, of course, been my real love for three years is Slot Antennas. Uh, I decided to write it down as a book. It's inexpensive on, the, uh, on, uh, on, on Amazon.com. Just go to Amazon.com, search for Kindle book slot antennas for ham radio. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I think you'll find some designs in there that you might find useful.
0: All right. Very good. Well, we got the shameless plug in, and thank you for that. And I'm sure that's uh, some excellent information, so we'll have to check that out. Well, thank you so much for coming back. We appreciate it, and, and we'll look forward to the, the, the creative idea you have next time.
2: All the best, best 73s, which you shouldn't say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, John Portune, W6NBC, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in, typing in, rather. Uh, We had typing in tonight. And uh, invite you back in two weeks uh, on Thursday, January 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern time i um, going to take uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve off, so um, it, it'll be two weeks before we're back, but Thursday, January 7th, uh, I'll be back with another episode, and you can find our upcoming guests over at hamtalklive.com, and if you like the show, please leave us a review. Uh, that'll help others uh, find us faster. And uh, so we're going to sign off here tonight. But first, we're going to close this show uh, with a clip from episode number 44, uh, where Brian Lynn, uh, KD0HII from the Christian Amateur Radio Fellowship Net, talked about the meaning of 7-5. So uh, since it's almost Christmas, I thought that was worth listening to again. So it's uh, just a couple of minutes. So we're going to close with... Brian from episode forty-four. So for now, this is Neil Rapp WB9VPG, saying seven three seven five, and may the good DX be yours, and Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So Brian, uh, we've been talking uh, for a few weeks here on on email, and uh, I kind of told you a little bit of the story here when I started doing the show in February. Um, I started off with coming up with you know some of the things that I wanted to do, some little catchphrases and stuff, and and so one of the things I always did was I signed off with both seventy three and seventy five, and then may the good DX be yours. Now, the, may the good DX be yours is kind of a play on the old WKRP in Cincinnati newsman Les Nessman. That uh, always signed off with "May the good news be yours." So I kind of changed that around. And as hams, we know what 73 means; it's it's best wishes. But uh, a lot of people have asked me, and and I, I admit I did this on purpose. Uh, what 75 means? And I've had people go and look up all these old Western Union message codes and everything, and they're like. We can't find anything about 75. We can't find anything about 75. What does 75 mean? So tonight I thought I would finally reveal on the show, although I've I've answered a few emails here and there, what 75 means. And and you're the guy to to fill everybody in on this. So tell our audience what 75 means and what its history is.
1: Well, you certainly have uh, gotten the same question we have received a number of times, 75 means may god bless you and yours and and you're right it's an addition to the old uh, telegraphy codes popular in the 19th century the neat thing is on you know if you're doing this with a key it's 10 quick keystrokes versus over 60 if you spell it out so uh obviously uh telegraphers benefit there to use that we don't know how far back it goes uh the Carf, carf group has been around for 50 years it was started at the north american christian convention in louisville kentucky 1966. There are 50 hams, uh, members in that original year. 31 of those now have gone on to be silent keys. But I had the opportunity to speak with one the other night, one of our original founding members, and he said seven, five has been with the organization as long as he's been with it, which is 50 years. He doesn't remember we, when we didn't use it. And he also fully believes that it was used by some other organization prior to our using it, but he could not remember of those 50 years. Now, we did look up and see that the uh, first CARF newsletter uh, was signed with 7-5 back in September of 1966. Thank you so much for having us on, especially here around Christmas time, a very special time uh, for the Christian Amateur Radio Fellowship Net. We thank you very much, Neil.